Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Okay, so today's episode, if you have ever had a client contact you with this really exciting project and then they go MIA and you're like, oh, what do I do now? Then this episode is for you because we are talking about how to kind of improve the likelihood that your potential clients will actually book their projects with you. Um, We have seen a lot of people struggle with this in our Facebook group, and I feel like it's people who either really want the project because it sounds super fun or super just something different and they really want to take it on, or they just flat out need the work. It's like, I have to pay my bills this month, Um, but they aren't really sure what to do to help, you know, kind of make sure that their clients actually book that project. So before we go into our main points, Krista, I thought we could kind of share when we have struggled with this. Yeah, good question. I struggled with this a lot before I figured out, I think, who my new audience was, um, before I kind of started working solely with designers. When I was just working with every business owner, especially when I was just getting started, I struggled with this a lot. I probably only got maybe 50% of the projects that came in my door, which is way lower than it is now. And looking back and what like at what all has changed. There are so many things I was doing wrong or just not doing it all back then that I know we're going to touch on today that would have helped me a lot. Absolutely. And I have felt this before, especially with those really exciting projects. I know I've had some stuff land in my inbox over the past several years and it's like, oh my gosh, I must, I must be part of this. And then, you know, for some reason the client goes MIA or you're not really sure, like I was saying, what to do to kind of increase that likelihood of them wanting to work with you. And it's so frustrating because you're just like kind of sitting and waiting and crossing your fingers that they come back to you and book the project. So we're going to help ditch all that today with our main points. So let's go on ahead and just kind of dive right in. Our first suggestion to improve the likelihood of your potential clients coming back and saying, yes, where do I send all of my money, is definitely to ask them about their budget and timeline right away. Yeah, this is something I didn't used to do. You actually were like, hello, what are you doing? Because I think it was, I was having you help me on a couple projects and you're like, okay, what's the budget and timeline? I was like, I don't know, I'll find out later. And you were like, no, you won't. So I'm excited to hear what you say here. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I think you should always ask these things up front. If you're not asking these on your contact form on your website or whatever, the very first piece of um, contact that a potential client has with you, then it needs to be one of the first things you ask in that first email you send them. You have to know what their budget and timeline is. And one of the big main reasons that I say to ask this right away is because what if you don't want the project? What if they have a budget that's like a quarter of your current prices or they need something done and this is like more common than not, but they need something done by like the first and it's already the middle of the month. And you're like, no, I cannot complete a whole brand new website in two and a half weeks. Sorry, it can't happen. So that's the main reason I say you always want to ask these up front. Don't waste time getting project specific details, learning about their goals, all that stuff, because you could spend a couple of weeks going back and forth on that and then realize that they have zero budget and you're like, I just wasted all this time. I'm not even taking this project on. Yeah, I am curious to see if you've had this situation happen, but I have quite a few people, I would say even upwards of 50% of people who fill out my intake form who skip those two questions. And I've asked the last couple of people and both of them have actually said, I don't know what's reasonable with what I want, which I totally appreciate that. I've always kind of thought that people who don't fill out that question are just kind of being sneaky and don't trust me to like be honest once I have their budget in mind. Um, But I thought it was really interesting that these people are like, I just don't, I just don't know. Even though I have presses on my website, they just didn't know what was reasonable, which I definitely appreciated. Yeah, no, and I've definitely been there too. I think that's mostly with the people who really understand that they need someone else to come on and take on that part of the project because I feel like there are two different kinds of clients. The one who's like begrudgingly hiring you and they're going to be like, they're going to hire you basically to be a pixel pusher and try to make everything perfect for them. And then there's the kind of client who knows what they want, but trusts you as a professional, even if you are um, just a developer, you know, they trust you and are ready to just put it off on someone else's hands. So I feel like the latter, they are going to be much more likely to say, here's what I want. Honestly, I don't really know how much this should cost. And sometimes too, I think that comes in if they haven't reached out to anyone else before. So they literally haven't gotten quotes from anyone else. So they don't know the starting point. Yeah. And something I've found helpful to do here is I always get on the phone with these people and just kind of talk about what they need. So I know for sure. And sometimes I'll even offer them two packages. So with both of the last two people who have had had this happen it was in the last two months so that's what I'm remembering so clearly but I just quoted them for a semi-custom website so basically I'd install a theme for them get all their content set up and make like a custom page sidebar footer that kind of thing and then I also quoted them for something fully custom so that way I could explain the benefits of both you know features why they would want one over the other and then they were free to choose and felt like they had that power and I wasn't just kind of pushing something on them. Yeah, and I think that's such a great idea. And that's one of the main ways that you can kind of overcome if someone is avoiding trying to like tell you what these things are for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Um, I think another thing you can do, and this is kind of the route I have taken, and it may sound bad, but 
whatever, is you can kind of force them to tell you what their budget is. And I make all, I think all of my questions on my contact form on my site are required. Okay. So that's, a, that's number one. You have to answer this question on what your budget is before you hit submit or I'm not going to hear from you. <laughs> So um, one thing that I do in that section for the budget is I kind of break it down into different prices. So do you have a lower price point, maybe $500 to $1,000? And then I would do $1,000 to $2,000 and $2,000 to $3,000. And then are you really rich? Do you have a $5,000 plus budget to work with me? That kind of thing. And then I do make that required. So they have to put in there. Now I will say I do get a lot of inquiries through my contact form that aren't necessarily people trying to work with me. And so this is where things can kind of get a little hairy. I do have a NA option in my budget drop down, but I put right beside it, please only select this if you are not inquiring to work with me. Like don't select this if you want to hire me for design work or for coaching, that sort of thing. So that should help. But getting back to our episode points, <laughs> um, I another reason that you want to ask their budget and timeline right away is exactly what you were saying, Krista. It's so you can help craft a proposal based on their exact needs as well as their goals and you can kind of meet them halfway. So you're not creating this big package that's going to cost three to four thousand dollars and then you send it off and the client is like I only have like barely a thousand dollars to work with you. And then they're either likely, one, not going to respond when they realize your prices are so high because they think that's the only option to work with you, or they're going to come back and they may feel embarrassed, or they're just going to shut you down really quick and say, okay, well, my budget is a lot smaller than that. Thank you. I'll move on to someone else. So instead of being in that kind of situation, you can do like what you were saying, which I love. I think it's such a great idea and meet them halfway and go on ahead and make sure that you are creating something that's really going to meet them based on what they need, not just this huge thing that's going to cost a lot of money that they may not even need all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. Okay, so our next point, and you talked about this too, is to get on a call with them. Literally, just get on Skype or get on a phone call if you don't want to do your makeup and your hair for the day. And really work on building a personal connection and relate to their struggles that are leading them to inquire with you. Yeah, it is so much easier to get people to open up and connect with you when you are talking to them in person and not just through emails. You can learn so much more about what they need out of a website or branding or whatever, and they're just going to like you more based on being able to talk to you. That's just how it works. It's that simple. Exactly. I think when you can talk to someone, even if you're not talking to them kind of face to face like Skype is, but over the phone, you can still really let your personality shine. You can kind of maybe joke back and forth about something to kind of break the ice and start talking about their project. 
But also while you're on the call, it really allows you to build trust. Like you were saying, it makes them like you more than just an email would. And this is always going to encourage them to want to book your book you for their project. Like if they trust and like you, they're not going to go pick someone else that they don't trust and like. <laughs> yeah, I've even had someone before who couldn't afford to work with me at that time. But since we got on a call and we made this connection, she literally waited for months until she could afford it to be able to book me and then came back and booked the project. So that's mm -hmm. how much of a game changer this can be. Yeah, that is amazing. I definitely recommend getting on the call with people. But don't just get on a call and chit chat and ask them how their day is and kind of, you know, just go back and forth. And then you're like off the call and you're like, crap. We didn't talk about their project at all. You have to be able to also talk about the project and acknowledge that you understand what they're struggling with and then go on to explain how your project will help them overcome those things that they're struggling with. So don't just say, okay, I get it. You wanna book more clients for your copywriting business. You don't know how to do that. Here's this amazing design package that I think you should book. Instead, you really want to let them know that you understand what they're currently struggling to do. So you're like, I totally commiserate that you are looking to book more copywriting clients. You're kind of stuck. You're not really sure what to do. And then explain how you can help them overcome that through your design. So a good example would be, how can you get their visitors from their homepage to their services page to actually booking the project? And yes, I realize that there is a certain amount of those steps that our copywriting that leads people to different things or, you know, just other things in general. But as you're telling them, you're, you're like, I can already envision your homepage and here's a couple things we could try out on there to lead people to your services page. Your potential clients are going to feel so much more understood and so much more comfortable putting their project and essentially their business in your hands. Yeah, for sure. When you can make people feel like they're being heard, they're going to be taken care of, they're going to want to work with you because they're going to feel that more confident about the results they're going to get from it. Exactly. I cannot stress that enough. It's kind of like this point and our next point is kind of like when you're writing copy and you're trying to sell people on your services or trying to sell people an e-course or something like that. You really have to let them know you're like, hey, I understand where you are. Maybe I, you've even been there and you can tell them that if that's the case. And here is how we can work together to create a really beautiful, a really strategic design that's going to like blow all those problems you're having right now out of the water. I love it. So the next thing that you can do is to send a professional proposal that actually focuses on the benefits of working with you. And we talked about this a little bit in episode four. We were like, please do not just send an email with a number because when you do that, you literally are sitting behind your desk crossing your fingers, hoping they come back and book the project, and you're not really able to sell your service and the benefits to them at all. You're just like, 
well, I hope they come back to me and they're willing to pay and they understand why they should pay that amount, whatever it is. So instead, you want to send a branded proposal, make it pretty. It can be via PDF or client management software and include multiple things. Don't just make it be super simple. Include things like their goals and their problems so they understand that you understand what they are wanting to do with their business and what they're currently struggling with. And then explain how you can help them overcome those things. So take notes while you're on your call with them and then plug that into your proposal. And then you can go into detail a little bit about the package that you're pitching to them. Obviously, you have to mention that you are trying to get them to buy a package that you're selling, but also go further. Explain how their business will benefit beyond those struggles and those current goals by working with you. Yeah, and this is like the same as any course or whatever you buy. You buy a course because the creator wrote a sales page that helps you see the transformation you're going to get by taking it. You're not just like purchasing this course because it like, I mean, maybe sometimes, but not always because it sounds fun. Like someone's not going to hire you for this full website redesign because it sounds fun and they kind of want to. They need to know that they're going to get results and sending all of this information in the proposal along with your proposed pricing is going to help that all make sense. The price isn't going to shock them quite as much because they'll see all the benefits that will come with it and you just have a much higher likelihood of getting them to say yes. Exactly. And doing this not only really helps you sell yourself, but at the end of the day, it makes you look a lot more professional than if you are just sending that email where you're like, hey, okay, here's how much it's going to cost. Let me know when you're ready to get started. Yeah, no kidding. And that even, I feel, makes them more confident in working with you because they're like, hey, this person is like, they have their crap together. Like they're running this really awesome business. Of course I would want to work with them and trust them with the things I need done for myself. Mm -hmm. Also, I think this is a good time to kind of get them thinking beyond just their current problems. So yes, they may be struggling with booking a couple of copywriting clients, for example, this month, but how can working with you boost their business over the rest of the year? Like, what is this going to allow them to do? Really think about that in terms of benefits. Is updating their website to make their shop products front and center going to allow them to sell more so they can take more time off with their kids or go on vacation with their spouse? Like, Hello, they want to daydream about that because that's what they want to happen. So you can always throw in things like that. Of course, don't lie. Don't exaggerate. Don't lead them to believe something that you are not confident you can actually help them do. But if you know that you have gotten those kind of results for your previous clients, then toot your horn a little bit and include that in your your proposal. I love that point. And that's something that will help you stand out from other people so much because those longer term results aren't something that people focus on. Everyone wants to focus on the short term, the thing that they think will get clients most excited. But this long term benefit um, will get them thinking about the future and even more excited than they would be otherwise. 
Oh my gosh, totally. I feel like if someone told me, okay, so I can do XYZ for you, whatever it is, and this is what you can get in the next couple of weeks. Here's what you can mm -hmm. expect to see the results for your business. Or they were like, okay, here's what I can do for you. And here's what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks in your business. But also here's what that is going to allow you to do in the future. I would be like falling out on the floor, asking them <laughs> where to like charge my debit card. Like what, where's the dotted line that I sign on? If it sounds good enough, obviously, <laughs> like, if it doesn't do anything good for me and my business, then I wouldn't be doing all that. But if it's really good and it's those positive, amazing benefits, then of course I would be like, yeah, take all my money. <laughs> right. Yeah. No kidding. And this topic actually brings me to something I've been really focused on lately and something I've implemented in my own business, and that is looking even more professional, aside from this awesome proposal, by sending intro packets and like professional invoices. So when you are trying to attract experienced business owners who have, you know, booked a couple people for different things, no matter what it is, they are going to be looking for people who are not just like freelancers. They don't want someone who isn't taking their business seriously. They want someone who is running a business, someone that they can trust, someone that will get them results. And when you're sending an intro packet right when they inquire with you and a professional invoice when it's time to book, you're just gonna stand apart from anyone who's just getting started and might not really know what they're doing or those who do know what they're doing but don't value the process and don't value making an experience for your clients. Doing these things is going to help you stand out from every single one of those people. Totally. And I think you make a really good point about just the general freelancers, you know, the people who are just kind of doing these things on the side or they don't really have their crap together in their business and they're kind of all over the place a, a little bit. When you send things like intro packets with all the details or even just professional invoices, you are making a really big impression yeah. on your clients, just like when you're sending those proposals. Like if you want your potential clients to look at these things and say, wow, they know what they're doing. They take their business really seriously. So I trust them to do what they say they're going to do, then it is a good idea to make sure that you are taking the time to kind of create these things and send them over to your potential and current clients. Yeah. And I'm thinking of times when I have inquired with different people, VAs, copywriters, whatever, the people who are sending me these kinds of things just make me feel like I'm going to be so much more taken care of. Like even if their prices are a bit more, I don't care because I know that these people are going to help me and I'm not going to have to like babysit or worry about what's going to happen. Oh yeah. I think babysitting is a really good point. If they are taking the time to create this awesome intro packet or this awesome proposal or invoice or whatever it is to get your project, then you know, okay, then they are going to do what I am hiring them to do. And I don't have to stand over them 24 seven to make sure that all this work is getting done. Mm -hmm, exactly. So the last thing that we have to help you improve that likelihood of getting all of the projects that you want <laughs> coming through your inbox is to make sure you follow up with any potential clients that you really want if they have gone MIA. And I know this has happened to me on numerous occasions. 
90% of the time, they still want to book the project. They went MIA for another reason. So maybe it's because they're busy with other things. They are busy on a holiday or with their kids or managing their business or whatever it is. Or maybe they had questions about the project or the pricing or something like that that they just weren't asking. Or maybe they wanted to tweak the package and they weren't sure if you were able to do that or if you would do that for them. So this is why it's so crucial to follow up. Yeah, actually the client I am working with this week is someone I had to follow up with. I was She's someone I got on a call with. I sent her an intro packet. I was really excited about working with her because she was so sweet. And I sent up um, her, after we talked about the pricing, I sent the proposal over and didn't hear back for, I think it was five days. And on that fifth day, I followed up and just asked, you know, if there's anything I could do to help, anything I need to do to explain better, any tweaks she wanted with the package. And she got back to me that same day and was like, oh no, this all looks great. I just haven't had a chance to get around to it yet. But that follow-up was a little reminder she needed and then she ended up booking the next day. So it's just important to do these things. Don't assume that they don't want to work with you or that you're too expensive. You need to check in and see what's really going on and see if there's any other support you can offer them. Exactly, because if you don't follow up, and even if they really do want to book the project with you and they're just busy or they had questions or whatever and they're not addressing that with you, if you don't follow up, you can guarantee you're not getting the project, Mm -hmm. right? So you know for a fact they may be busy, they're not coming back to you, it's over. You have to go find someone else to replace that spot in your schedule. Whereas when you take the time to follow up, you are getting back to the front of their mind, reminding them, hey, you had this project you wanted to work on. I'm available to work with you. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you with this part to get us started. And they're going to be like, oh, crap. I haven't even responded to their email. Okay, let me see, you know, if I still need to do this. And if I do, how we can get going. Yep. So when you follow up with them, you do not have to send a super long email. You don't have to create this whole other PDF or whatever that's like reminding them that you're there. I think you can make this really simple and easy on yourself by just including a few quick things that you just mentioned that you included with that client, Krista. Um, So you can say, hey, I just wanted to follow up with you on your XYZ project, so your branding, your website, whatever it is. Um, Let me know if you have any questions about the proposal I sent over or concerns. If we need to tweak something, I'm happy to do that. Only say that if you're actually willing to tweak your packages, Mm -hmm. because I know some designers aren't. And then let them know that, hey, you're excited to hopefully be able to work together and you look out for their response. So it doesn't, that's it. It doesn't have to be this crazy long email with five paragraphs and lots of explanations about why they should book with you and You don't have to be icky and say, hey, I have to book your project now or you're not going to be able to work with me until December or this time next year. Don't be gross like that. If that's the case and you are booking up really fast, then definitely let them know, hey, if I don't hear from you by X date, then I have to give your spot to someone else. But don't be really icky about it right away and whatever because that's just going to make someone not necessarily want to work with you. 
Yeah, I think over-explaining is probably one of the biggest mistakes because you're just seeming pushy and desperate even. So I like that you put an emphasis on keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Desperate for sure. Don't write this like really long passionate email about why they should work with you because you have all this experience and blah 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 no that just seems weird and honestly if that if I got an email like that I would delete it and pretend I never (laughs) even inquired with that person in a perfect world all of our design projects would go smoothly but let's be honest most of the time we're not in a perfect world sometimes you find yourself waiting to hear back from potential clients pulling your hair out, trying to get content and feedback from your current clients, or have no idea how to get your client to just pay their final invoice already. It's hard to have just one project that goes smoothly from the second they inquire with you all the way to when you're officially checking that project off of your list. The good news is that you don't have to always drive yourself crazy figuring out how to respond when things don't go smoothly. With my email scripts for designers, you'll know exactly what to do and say in any situation to help you stick to your contract keep that project moving smoothly, and end things on good terms. My email scripts include everything from taking on or turning down a project, how to respond when you aren't getting your stuff on time, and to even what to do if your client is trying to skip out on paying that final invoice. To get your email scripts and check out my other products for designers, head to getbacktodesign.co slash shop and be sure to enter the code podcast for 15% off your entire purchase. So you can save time with this step by creating this email where you say these things and save it as a canned response in Gmail or in a Google Doc or Evernote or whatever it is you use so that the next time you have this happen to you, you can literally copy that, paste it into the email, add their name and get it sent on its way and then you can get back to whatever other tasks that you need to do. And when you follow up, like when you actually wanna do it, kind of depends on how much time you gave them to make a decision. So if you are booking up within, like if you're booking really fast and you gave them just a couple of weeks to make a decision, then I say give them a week and then follow up and then do one last follow up on the day their decision was due. Now, if you didn't give them a timeline on when they need to give a decision to you, which I don't recommend doing that because you don't want to be out on a limb not knowing if you're getting the project, then still maybe give them a week or two and follow up just so you can get back on their mind if they've forgotten about things. Yeah, I always wait about five business days before I send the first one, regardless. Usually I have a due date on my invoice or on my proposals, but even before I did, I usually waited about five days. Mm-hmm. And don't wait too long either. I think five days to maybe a week, a week and a half is a really good amount of time where they hopefully got a chance to look at things and maybe they were just busy or they 
saw the email and then forgot because they looked at it outside of business hours or something like that. But don't wait any longer than two weeks for Mm -hmm. sure, because then it can also come across as you're following up because you're desperate for the project. Like, don't follow up with them two months later, because that's just weird. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. So just to recap everything we've talked about today It may seem like it is totally out of your control as to whether or not a client books the project, but that is not the case. So if you follow the things that we've been talking about, we are sure that you will see an increase in how many inquiries you're getting that actually become projects. So remember, it's things as simple as just asking for their budget and timeline right away, getting on a call with them, sending a proposal and intro packet and invoice that are professional and address their needs and the benefits, and then just following up with them. Like, don't forget, this... It can kind of seem overwhelming, but when you break them down, it's so simple that I think really anyone can do these things. Mm -hmm. Especially if you get templates made and have it all set up for yourself. Absolutely. So the action item for this episode is to pick just two of the suggestions that we have covered and try them out with your next couple of project inquiries. So while we obviously recommend doing everything that we talked about in this episode, we for sure recommend that you ask their budget and timeline right away. So go on ahead and like circle that one in the notes you've probably been taking and then add the other one that you want to try to make sure that you're trying these things out. And then once you get comfortable with just those two suggestions, add one more at a time into your process and see how that feels. Play around and see what works for you and what kind of responses it's getting from your potential clients. So if you try a couple of these and it's like making your project schedule like boom, you're like, whoa, I'm all of a sudden booked out until fall or later than that. then I say that's amazing. Stick with those things. You don't necessarily have to try anything else, but at least try a couple of them. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.